What's up, y'all? It's your favorite Canada Mom Trevert, and I'm back with another episode of Elevated Discussions. I'm doing things a little bit different today. I am currently live on my TikTok. If you don't follow it, it's Canada Mom Trevert. Um, and while I'm live on my TikTok, we're going to be sitting here talking about something that's been heavy on my mind. And um, while I am live in the comments that are being dropped in the comment, I'm going to read them if it applies to the topic and respond to them, share my thoughts on them, um, and share stories if those that are commenting are comfortable. So let's go ahead and pick up our favorite strain and get elevated and talk about this shit. Okay, so anybody that's really been in a relationship with a narcissist has been traumatized as fuck, number one. And number two, I'm pretty sure has a lot of different tall tale signs and red flags that they've seen during their relationship with the narcissist that they kind of overlooked. And that is actually a comment that was um, the first one to be dropped on my live about the red flags. And I thought that was a great way to start off the podcast today because one thing I can say for a lot of us is we don't always pick up on narcissists like right away. And I hated this statement for a long time, love is blind, but it kind of is true in my in my perspective because when you love someone, you look for the best in them, you hope for the best in them, you hope that they will notice you and um, give back the love that you give them or if anything, just appreciate and value you. But one thing I've learned in my own experience is for most narcissists, that's quite impossible. They are really incapable of loving, let alone noticing the value in someone that they're with. And another thing I learned to pay attention to how they treat their family and friends too. That says a lot, but I definitely want to dive in more to what dissect this topic and talk about what I feel and think, and also talk about some of the comments on my TikTok live. Because, I mean, there's a lot of shit that comes with a narcissist. It is not always easy to notice that right away. One, because of love. Two, because if you haven't been through that, it's not going to be easy to pinpoint, right? Um, and I'm going to say this. I was in a narcissistic relationship, right? And it took me several years to even realize that I was with a narcissist. Um, all the red flags that were there, I didn't see until later down the line, but when those behaviors were happening, I kind of wrote it off as their trauma or, um, they just need to be healed or maybe they haven't had a good woman in their life before, but that's actually quite the opposite. So I know for me, one of the red flags that I saw often with a narcissist was, I could never do certain things, but they always had a reason to. So let me say this. Respect was one of the biggest things I heard out of this narcissist mouth. I don't respect him. I don't respect his word. I don't respect his manhood because I say and do X, Y, Z. One thing he always targeted was my tone. You guys see how soft-spoken I am? Can you imagine me being loud and aggressive? Rarely, even when I'm angry. Um, but he always did that. And sometimes I would be there, be so confused because I was like, I did not yell at you. You don't respect me because of your tone. There was nothing wrong with my tone, but here's what I was just saying that I could, I always did something wrong, no matter what I did, no matter what I said, even if I corrected it, he didn't notice it or he didn't care. But had he had a nasty tone, had he yelled or disrespected, 
there was a good reason for that. And I let that go on for so long because I'm like, well, maybe it's just because he hasn't had a good woman before and it's going to take some time. No. And he knew I was going to make that excuse. And that's specifically why he always talked about it, because it's one of the things he utilized to make himself look like a victim, but also to excuse the behaviors. But there were things I couldn't do or I did do that were wrong or a display of disrespect, but he could always get away with it. Um, He always had a good reason for it to him anyway. And I thought that because I had been through abusive relationships before that he would be, especially with my past, because my my childhood started off with abuse. So it was literally calm, easy for me to seek out abusive men, but I never paid attention to that at first because that's how my life started off. So of course I didn't see it right away, right? So let me reflect on, let me read these comments real quick. Okay. So I'm just going to kind of go back and forth. I'm going to share my thoughts and experiences and I'll go back to what I was just saying, but I don't want to leave my followers hanging. Um, Okay. So she said not working because he said I did not need to. Everything is my fault. As soon as I made friends, he acted really jealous. That is common too. Jealousy and because of my own trauma in my life, I normalize jealousy as I don't, oh, he just cares or he's just really protective. No, he was one, afraid of me seeing through his bullshit by being through other, being around other people. And two, he did not want me to see or be around people that were better or healthier than him because then I might possibly not even rock with him anymore. Right. Um, and I always made an excuse so much that became normal. And before I knew it, we were in years of this cycle at this point. So the jealousy amongst other things, definitely one of those red flags and signs that we overlook or let them, let them convince us is okay. Um, or maybe we did something to make them that way, but really that is bullshit. (laughs) So, and I actually had a similar, a man too, where that's the narcissist I was with promising the moon and stars. You don't have to work. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of the kids. Um, but one, he never liked my kids. He never liked my kids. And two, anytime we got into a disagreement, all I heard is what he did for me. He would get up and leave. He would take all the resources that were supposed to be ours and I would be left with nothing. And I would be so taken back uh, about his lack of care that I would be like obsessing about it, right? I would be like calling him, texting him. Why are you doing this? Why did you take the money? Why did you take the car? Why did you take the bank cards? You said you would take care of me. I'm expecting him to be unconditional because why? He said he loved me. Two, he knows what I've been through. And three, he's my significant other. I wouldn't dare do such a thing. So why would he do it to me? That was his way of keeping me in the cycle because that was his way of making me feel inadequate. That was his way of making me feel guilty and bad so that maybe I would feel like I deserved it. Right. And that literally left so much damage down the road. Um, he, so she also said he blamed me for drinking his drinking and pills. Ah, that kind of like correlates what I was just saying. Right. Like anything that you did, it's anything that he did. I'm sorry. is your fault. If he abused you, if he, developed an addiction, if he had an outburst, if he had a meltdown, um, if his feelings were hurt, um, 
it was my fault. I did it to him. And that's another thing that is also a red flag to a narcissist. Victimized mentality. Victimized behavior. It just works better for them to say that someone else triggered or caused them to be narcissistic or abusive. And it makes me think about my favorite quote. Blame is not productive, but it is damaging. But in the narcissist's mind, blame is productive because then I blame you. I get away with being accountable. You know what I mean? I get away with consequences. That is their mindset. And I I'm, I haven't seen it yet, but sometimes I think a narcissist is just going to forever be a narcissist. I could be wrong, but I haven't yet experienced someone that has narcissistic traits actually recover from it and become a better version of themselves. I decided to take it out to the car because I have a super handsome two-year-old nephew that is in the house. And of course, I'm not going to expect him to calm down while I record. So I'm going to come out to the car and record. Before I dive deep back into this, I hope you've got your favorite strain. My strain for today is Sativu deviant poison i hope i said that right if i didn't don't come for me <laughs> but i thank y'all for sitting here listening with me and i thank y'all on tiktok that are sitting here um on live with me talking about their experiences and i just want you to know that as we talk about this if you find yourself triggered please do not hesitate to pause the podcast or stop the podcast and maybe talk to someone you trust or cope through any of the feelings that have been triggered because Nonetheless, regardless, I want everyone's mental health to be a priority and to be safe, especially with the Canon Mom Trivert. So please know that I am utterly and totally supportive of mental health being a priority. So if you are at all triggered, again, please don't hesitate to pause and seek out any resources or supports that can help you cope through those triggers. Other than that, I thank you guys so much for hanging with me and um, supporting my journey with this podcast. I really, really want to do this, and I feel like I have a lot to, to say and a lot to reflect on, and essentially, I want to be a voice for those that may not be able to speak up or may not be ready or able to escape the narcissistic cycle or relationship that they are in presently. All right, so let's go ahead and spark up and dive back into this comment um, on my TikTok. Um, I have Miss Storm and she has been super amazing by commenting and engaging with me on the live and I want to definitely give her a virtual hug because it takes an insane amount of bravery to speak about your experiences online because we know online can definitely be crazy these days. So thank you, Storm, for being on here with me while I record and sharing your experiences. I really appreciate you um, allowing me and my my platforms to be a safe space for you. So before I um, took a break, we were talking about quite a few different things that a lot of us have seen in narcissists, in our relationships and whatnot. Um, and where we left off was mental health and the fact that a narcissist, I'm just going to say like we, or, you know, um, just to kind of reference all of us, cause I know a lot of us can relate. Um, but 
as one of my supporters said online, there was a huge lack of compassion and consideration for the survivors. Because we're not victims, honey. We are not victims, okay? Um, but the survivors, mental health means nothing. They don't see it. They don't consider it. Um, and in most cases, the harsh truth is they don't care. Because it does not benefit them. It does not benefit them to care. And furthermore they don't want to realize that there are pieces of shit. They don't want to realize that they got an issue. They don't want to realize anything that is not going to benefit them, essentially. And that's what it boils down to. Narcissists are very, very, very selfish, very oblivious by choice. And they have absolutely no empathy, no sympathy. And I'm sorry if this sounds harsh, but it's the truth. Um, but they could be depressed. They could be struggling with their mental health. They could be struggling with their trauma, right? But, and if you don't notice it or comfort it or console it or combat it, whatever the hell they might need in that moment or say they might need, you are the most terrible person ever. But then if roles were reversed, there is no such thing. If that does not apply to you, you cannot be human. You cannot have mental health issues. You cannot have trauma. You don't need help. You are the help. And that is what I learned in my own experiences. I was married to a narcissist. And it took me so many years to realize that because I did not do the work for my childhood trauma. I lacked a significant amount of self-confidence and self-esteem. And I overcompensated. I overloved. And I say overlove is because I kept pouring even from an empty cup. All because I wanted that to be given back to me. I wanted to be noticed. I wanted to be considered. I wanted to be supported. I wanted to be helped. But I was seeking it out in the most unhealthy ways because my childhood and young adult life was nothing but trauma. Um, nothing but poor mental health. I was in foster care. I was surviving SA. Um, I went through a lot of shit. And so when I began being interested, which was hard for me at first, to be in relationships, I was seeking out men that had these tendencies that were, in fact, a narcissist, right? So I never thought they were a narcissist. In fact, I didn't even think they were abusers. I just thought things like, oh, he doesn't know I'm a good woman or it's okay. I get it. And one thing about us, especially the survivors that are with narcissists, we are more nine times out of ten super understanding we get life we even find the good in the evil I was the person that was like I I got cheated on and I was like you know we're gonna work through it it's okay you know it's your mommy issues Mm -mm. man I was I was so naive with a narcissist all because I wanted love and we were so understanding that is why they will sit there and say no you're not you're not understanding you're not this you're not paying attention to my mental health you don't care about me you don't love me you betrayed me you disrespect me you always did something to them always did something to them they never did anything and if they did it would be a very this is one thing that got under my skin to be very short very minimal apology other than that you were getting things like love bombed or gifted you know what I mean? getting the gifts and the insane amount of affection that you usually find yourself fighting for right and that's what I dealt with he never could use this that energy to go into detail 
with his apology and also include my emotions and how I might have felt and even show care to how I felt. But he had all the energy in the world to be mean. He had all the energy in the world to be spiteful. And that used to get under my skin so much, y'all. I literally would be angry for days. Like, how could you sit here and spend hours saying the most untrue, false bullshit? Like, I don't care about you. I don't notice your mental health. I don't support you, X, Y, and Z. And I do. But then when it's time to be accountable or apologetic, I get a small-ass apology. I'm sorry. Or, here's a good one. I, I'm, I'm not a good man. I'm not a good husband. I'm a piece of shit. Now we're piggyback to what? Victim. That was the biggest sign. It was always... Yeah, I know I'm wrong, but it's because I'm a terrible person. Or because my mom hurt me. Or because my dad hurt me. It was never their fault. They could speak accountability, but they could not take it. And that used to get under my skin. So, let me go back and read Storm's comments and reflect on those. Okay. Yeah, we, we reflected on mental health. Okay. So she shares that the narcissist has been gone for two years and he has not been supportive to the kids or her whatsoever. So, of course, lacked that empathy and sympathy. But I'm sure if roles were reversed, he would expect all of that from you. And if you didn't give it, oh, you weren't a good person. But you being there and working through things didn't make you a good person? Mm, narcissist. Okay, let me read that. She shares, I learned everything about my situation. He would call in the hospital and call me names like weak. First of all, I am so sorry that you had to even hear that. You had to even absorb that. Because that's hurtful. When you're in a place where you're super vulnerable, like the hospital, or like going through hard times, right? You don't want to hear stuff like that. Because you're already feeling bad. You're already feeling low. And the fact that he was unable to be considerate of that, like, she's in the hospital or she's going through it right now, is one of the biggest flags to being a narcissist, right? But it's so hard for us to recognize that or accept it because a lot of us do recognize it. But because of our desire to be loved and noticed and then given that in return, We keep giving chance after chance after chance after chance, hoping that by demonstration they will reciprocate or just heal and grow up. But anything that requires a narcissist to be accountable and actually change sometimes is impossible for most because then in their mind, they're not going to get any benefit. Oh, me being faithful and considerate is not going to get me what I want. They don't think that way because why? It requires too much work, too much effort, too much of reciprocation. It is so crazy to see how many people go through that and normalize it. And narcissists are, like I said it a few minutes ago, they can speak accountability, but they can never take it ever. It does not benefit them. It's not going to benefit them. And a lot of them are so smart. That's one thing I also learned too. Super intelligent. And they are able to manipulate like you wouldn't believe. 
But them even getting mental health treatment, I'm not saying it applies to some. I haven't yet seen a narcissist in recovery yet, but it, it, I'm pretty sure it's possible. And will make everything about them 110% true. I had an experience with a narcissist ex where my day started off really bad, right? I have an autistic child. And my... <clears throat> something didn't come through like that for him, right? And I got I get really sensitive with my kids, y'all. Like, my kids are my world. So if something falls through for them or I can't give to them, I feel really bad immediately, even if it's not necessarily something I need to feel bad about. And this all correlates, don't worry. <laughs> but um, I got upset because of my son's reaction. And, you know, at that time, he and my husband, Amul, okay, was talking to my husband. And my, and my son was really young, but, like, I, he's so smart. But anyways, his reaction to not getting what he wanted when he expected it because something had changed. He was really cold towards me, my son, that is, um, to me anyway. And he had a physical meltdown, which resulted in, in me being hurt and whatever. Um, and when I was venting to my then-husband about it... At first, he was quiet, and he seemed, like, annoyed, and I was like, why do you seem annoyed right now? Like, I need you to be supportive, and he was like, I just can't deal with this this morning. I have to go to work, but everything was about him, about him. He could not stand me having emotions, eating what hurt me the most that I would get stuck on in those moments is, I'm your wife how could you not even feel some type of way as a parent I would have got up and wouldn't talk to my child like first of all don't do that don't disrespect your mom and then I'm gonna console my wife that's what I would have done you know what I mean if I did show any signs of being annoyed I would reassure my partner that it has nothing to do with you I'm upset with our child you know what I mean um and he was just absolutely selfish and self-centered. Like, me having emotions and being the victim in that moment was annoying to him. And as sick as it sounds, why? Because it wasn't him. And it's funny that you said that, Reezy, where um, you said they suggest you go to therapy because it's not them. I heard that so much, especially in moments like that where I was showing a lot of emotions of, you need to get help. You need to get help with that. You need to, you know, maybe get treatment or you need to talk to somebody about that. Like, you really have issues. And I would be so taken back. Like, are you si are you serious? You don't think you got issues by being this way while your wife is upset? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And don't let you stand up for yourself. Now you're the big... Oh, yes. Don't you challenge them. And that's... You know what would blow my mind when I would stand up to him, too? Is he would sit there and be like, Oh, you're being disrespectful. Oh, you just want to make every... Um, have everybody look your way and make me look like the bad guy while you're crying and talking, like, talking loud. Like, I'm inconveniencing you for justifiably reacting. I'm... I am... <laughs> what? <laughs> what? So you don't think you triggered me? You don't think you're wrong and I have no right to react? Oh, man. What? A narcissist will have you hot and emotional and hurt all at once, right? Been there and let me, yes, let me stand up for myself. Oh, you want to draw attention because it might be like we might be in, around somebody and he'll be like, you're a B 
And I'd be like, what? That's so hurtful. Oh, you crying because you want everybody like, no, wait, I'm not crying because you just called me out my name. I'm crying because I'm inconveniencing you. Oh, hell no. Oh, I'm right. Being mean and aggressive. So what you, what, what, what did you call what you were doing? What? Oh, no, 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 no. So you can't ever be human with a narcissist. You can never have no type of feelings, even if they triggered it. And that's the sick part. And it's so easy for us, especially when you're in a relationship, to get wrapped up in that cycle. And you're just like, because you find yourself fighting. Like, But at the end of the day, what I learned when I finally left that relationship is, hold up. You knew what you were doing the whole time. And that's what makes it sick. And the fact that I sat there and said, I'm not being disrespectful. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I do show I love you. I do show I trust you, whatever. What was I even sitting there? Well, I know why. But I was sitting there defending everything that I knew was true. But even more specifically, he knew was true. And when you love someone, it shocks you sometimes. Like, wait, you really feel that way? No, they don't. That's why they were with you. And that's what I had to learn. When I went to therapy, I had to learn with the therapist. Like, as she's like, we we don't want to sit there and be like, that is a sick motherfucker. They literally get off on X, Y, and Z. No, And they knowingly do it. And they turn those feelings around on you. Yep. And the only way to get away is with exactly with no contact because it's just going to be a vicious cycle. And at that time, love is what makes us not think, you know, what? I ain't going to sit here and argue because I know you're full of shit and I know I'm better. I know I'm better than what you're saying. That's why you came to me. That's why you wanted to be with me because I had so many benefits to you. You ain't shit. You come to me, you are shit. You getting jobs. You're finishing school. You're you're no longer in and out of jail. All these things, all these, all these things, came to his wonderful life the moment we came together. Because of me. Because of me, right? And he knew that. That's exactly why he gravitated to me. And what other way to feel like you have secured somebody than to marry them, right? And we even had a honeymoon phase for a couple years. Sometimes people make you think like it's short, but there's different definitions of that. But we had a honeymoon phase for a while. And then the moment, let me tell you what shifted. The moment I had to stop working to take care of my special needs child, it was, and listen to this, this is crazy. Man therapy is a beautiful thing, y'all. I'm nine years free and I still feel joy from my heart to my toes because I divorced them. And I'm so damn proud of you because anybody that has divorced a narcissist is fucking brave, bro. And, and resilient because once you get out of it, you realize how much damage it does. And so the fact that after all that damage, you're still standing, you're still working, you're still functioning, going, whatever you're doing to keep pushing when you could have let it break you down and take you to a place that you couldn't come back from. So that's definitely worthy of recognition and keep giving yourself an applause, keep praising yourself and keep remembering that you are that motherfucking bitch, but in a good way. Because the impact of a narcissist, oh my gosh, it's hard to put into words, but I got a million of one. <laughs> I can sit here and tell you applies to this shit. But you don't see it. 
right away, especially when you love them, especially, and this is so many different reasons, but especially if you love them or you've come from a traumatic background, childhood, and you find yourself seeking out, normalizing that because that's what your life started with. And that's how it started with me. I started, my life started with abuse from somebody that was supposed to love me and was supposed to protect me. So my first, uh, and it was by my stepfather. So someone that played a significant role in my life that was supposed to love, protect, honor, teach me, lead me, whatever, took away something from me that made me grow up a whole lot faster and thus be fucking traumatized for the rest of my life. And as a result, I end up seeking out narcissists, seeking out abusers, and thinking that my desire to love them and do for them and be really invested was going to be enough. And if they treat me a certain way, it is my fault. Or I triggered it. Or it's an issue that we can work on. And another thing you end up realizing, you becoming their therapist, becoming their mom. Whoever hurt them, you are becoming them. And I noticed in our relationship that once I stopped, when I stopped working, and I was no longer in a position to support myself, he was really a supportive at first, right? He really was. And then the moment I, I made him mad, he took all resources from me, the car, the bank card, whatever, to control me. And I thought that he would stop and be like, I can't do this to her after one, what she's been through, two, she's my wife. And three, I don't want her to have to worry about how she's going to get around or how she's going to get money. That That's what I'm here for. Hell no. And as sick as this sounds, it made him feel good about himself. That he had me at a point where I needed him and I had to beg for it. And he pulled me away from all my family. He pulled me away from all my friends. But what convinced me that I was the reason everybody left. While to an extent that might be true because of my behavior or whatever tendencies or issues that may have arose. He was the root of it. And I understand. But... Yeah, but when I was in a place of vulnerability and I did not satisfy his needs, he had no compassion or consideration to where I was. He did not care because it did not benefit him. And I didn't get nearly as much of a fight, which was crazy, right? When I was working and taking care of myself, because after a certain point, I'd be like, first of all, I could do my own shit. So don't fucking play with me. So I had a little more control, right? But the moment I got down to a vulnerable place and I needed him more, he used that to his advantage. And he had no consideration of what I was going through with my having my child. Just discovering his special needs, so he had to go through behaviors and all treatment and medication and back and forth to the doctors. He had no compassion for that. No, comp- my my wife's mental health might be terrible right now. Let me not answer the phone. Oh, I won't possibly be busy or sleep. I might be doing something to his ass. It's just such, it's such a sick, vicious cycle and it all boils down to benefits and they make no effort and have no desire to go and change it because it requires them to be accountable. Um, the likelihood of getting consequences for poor decisions are higher. (laughs) Some people ain't going to take that shit, but they lose their benefits 
they lose the sick shit they rely on to feel good, like taking something from somebody. And even, I thought this was sick, I discovered in therapy. When he would put me down, and I would cry, like I said, he would always get irritated. And I really, I adjust that a lot in therapy because it just blew my mind that if you see me crying in your face, it did not even trigger even a bit of sympathy, right? And she was like, because, how does she put it? She was the best fucking therapist. It, it reminded him of what he did that makes him look crappy. And it doesn't matter how he's looking to you because he already knows or thinks that he can pretty much do certain things to get back in your good graces. But he couldn't stand those emotions because he couldn't stand the reflection of the truth of, I just made this one cry because of me because I was being a dick. You know what I mean? Um, and then, oh, while you're emotional, he'd be like, oh, you're crying. So that means you're not going to get up and do anything. Benefit. So now that you're upset because of me, you're not, you're going to stop doing shit for me. It blew my mind when she broke that down. I was like, are you, ew, like how, could, it was disgusting. And it makes me think about this quote I saw on Facebook. It's so true. Once you realize somebody's mindset, when you start healing, you will find yourself disgusted. And I, when I look back and think about him, I'm like, disgusting. That is disgusting. Would even throw my abuse in my face. Not my abuse, but the abuse I endured in my face, right? Um, if I was talking about it, he would be like, oh my God, here we go talking about essay. Oh my God, you're going to cry all day? And I'd be like, how could you, <laughs> how could you be that way? Because you were thinking about the impact of my emotions and the impact of what I was going through and its emotions and how it was going to fuck up your day. There was absolutely no existence of compassion at all. So there's so many different red flags. But if you crunch it all down, selfishness. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very selfish. It's all about benefiting them. And they have a victimized mentality. And again, <laughs> like I've said a few times, they're not going to be so quick to, to combat it because it, they worry about losing benefits. And that's why they also say go no contact because you are their supply for all of that disgusting shit they need to feel validated. And then, of course, you're going to get sucked in because of what? Because you love them. And you're going to find yourself trying to fight to tell them what's true and what's not true and what you're doing and weren't doing to prove who you are. But it never matters. At the end of the day, it's really hard. And when you are committed or in a committed relationship with narcissists, it's never going to be equal. It's always going to be one-sided. Always. And... Sad to say, they love the thought of you. They don't love you. And my biggest, biggest thing that I learned I struggled with the most was acceptance. I could not accept that he was that terrible of a person. And when I started to accept it, then I be I started to feel guilty. Like, wait a minute. How stupid and naive was I to do that? I would start to feel, I would beat myself up. 
because I expected better from myself. But really, I mean, look at where I came from and look at the lack of work that I did. I did not go to therapy. I wasn't consistent with therapy. And I was more afraid of losing him than myself at one point in time. But when I finally got tired and started leaving, that's when he became the best man ever. The best. He was doing everything I was begging for in the beginning that he used to challenge me on. But at that point, I had to keep telling myself, Mandy, he's only doing it to get you back in. But that shit, he should have did a long time ago. And it took a lot of practice. And there's probably, and there's still years now, even where I am now, being in another marriage, where I struggle just a little bit. Well, a lot. But I also remind myself that, you know what? At least I recognized it and I got away. At least I found my worth. At least I'm working on myself. You know what I mean? Because some people never get out. Some people lose their lives to it. And when I think about it, when I really sit back and think about it, I'm like, I don't want that for my kids. They don't deserve that. And now I need to spend as much time as I have left healing myself and also healing my children because we don't realize sometimes it does impact the kids too. A lot. And that's when we start to see it coming out in behaviors, defiance. Certain behaviors that really cause an uproar in your family. You know, like my daughter, she was running away. And my son was having really bad meltdowns. At the time, I had two kids. And I never thought it had to do with my relationship dynamic. <laughs> but it 100% did. And I didn't want to believe that it impacted my kids. But when I did, I felt so guilty for it. So there's so many different things that you're going to have to work on. And recovery from a narcissist and narcissistic abuse is going to be long. But the end result and the growth that will come from that work is going to be well worth it. But one thing I tell myself, especially with having anxiety, is if you can't take it one day at a time, take it a couple seconds at a time. And then as you start to normalize that and make that normal tendencies then you can gradually improve but if you have left and you are surviving today give yourself a pat on the back seriously never ever feel like you're applauding yourself too much because it takes a lot of mental fuck physical it takes a lot of mental strength to leave something like that but once you do and I've learned just like someone else out of my life you have to go no contact. You're going to have fears. You're going to have worries. But fuck it. What comes with trying to keep those fears and worries from happening is not even worth it. So just go through it. Make sure your support system is healthy. But before you can build a healthy support system, you have to start healing. You're going to keep rebuilding and connecting to people that align with your trauma. I still feel bad even with all the shit he did. And that's normal as you heard with the guilt. And you'll find yourself constantly overanalyzing the situation and going back and wondering if you could have done better. If maybe you were in fact the problem. But just because I say this doesn't mean I'm saying you're perfect. But no, you weren't the problem. He was. What was a problem is when you started to wake up. 
What was a problem is the consequences he had to endure. What was a problem is the reflection of his terrible character and issues when he saw you being hurt. So process a second at a time if that's all you can do and applaud yourself because there's somebody out here in this world that will be able to sit down and communicate with you in a healthy way. They will sit here and consider your hard work or consider that you're tired or support your dreams or support your mental health journey or whatever about you without negotiation, without challenging. Because all that shit you went through to even try to get a little, little bit of what you gave them, man, somebody will give you that just because you woke up and you're beautiful. And it took me so long to get there, but that's why it's so refreshing, especially the peace. And always think back to that too when you are recovering from a narcissistic relationship. The peace that comes with leaving that motherfucker alone. When somebody said on live, I'm talking to someone, he's so sweet to me, but so scared. And that's, and to feel fear is totally normal after a relationship like that because it's like, how can you trust? He was sweet before too. That's how your mind is going to go. But you know what? Keep trying and just keep those red flags in mind this time in this situation. But don't obsess over it so much that you lose out on living life and experiencing something even if it doesn't work out um so let's say yes there is i'm in the best relationship in my life in 51 and never thought i would find love and that's exactly what narcissists try to make you believe that you will never find love and that they are god they are love no Mm-mm. they're a fucking piece of shit that's what they are <laughs> you ain't getting to no but take it a day at a time and another thing I learned is be honest with your new partner like hey yeah I've been through a lot and but if we're going to be in a committed relationship or whatever I just want to be transparent with you so that you don't take maybe certain reactions or thoughts or hesitancy wrong and anyone that's genuinely interested in you and loves you is going to understand that even if they don't quite get it the fact that they want to be with you and they want to get to that next level, they're going to respect whatever it is that you need or feel. It's not going to be a negotiation. It's not going to be a struggle to compromise. And this is not to say that you have to be perfect or he has to be perfect or she has to be perfect or whatever. And it's not to say that it's always going to be easy and you might not have disagreements. That's life. But it's about how. How we've argued. How we disagree. How we treat one another in certain situations. But it should never, ever, ever be one-sided. And with a narcissist, it always is. It should never be, you made me hit you. You made me cheat on you. You made me mad. It should never be that. It's, I was wrong, and take accountability for it. So, and it's hard, and don't beat yourself up for being scared. That is a normal it's normal and you just have to work you just have to work at it you have to work at it and retrain your brain and it's not easy and that's what sometimes sends survivors back because it's not easy and we get scared when it gets challenging especially you start to feel new feelings like oh shit it's gonna go this way oh shit it's gonna go that way oh they're gonna do me this way they're gonna do me that way 
and it's easy to go back to a place you can predict even if it involves abuse. She said, my new person knows everything. We had our first disagreement. I thought he was going to leave. Oh, well, I'm glad based on what you said, and I'm just assuming though, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, that he didn't. And I'm glad that he knows everything because that's really important in a relationship. And look at it like that too. Like a nurse, that, that narcissist, narcissistic experience taught you something. And while it might be hurtful, it, it might leave you in tutter disbelief and even wondering why you're deserving of it, it also leaves you with valuable jewels that are going to be really crucial, not only in your life and other people's lives too. Because as you share your story, you never knew who you're talking about talking to. You never know who you're helping. That's why, like, today, like, I kept thinking about it, and I don't know why. And even though I was, like, I stre- I was stressing myself, like, oh, my God, we're going my podcast, I'm going have background noise, or I might stumble over my words or whatever. But I pushed myself today, and I was like, you know what, get on there and do what you are thinking. Because you never know. And even though there's three people in here, those three people are enough to know that we had this conversation, and I'm sure it reassures you guys that you aren't alone. It reassured me that I'm not alone. And a lot of the things that we might be struggling with, the other might be able to help us through. But keep taking it a day at a time. And you can live, continue living and doing whatever you want to do despite that. Life does not stop and shouldn't stop, especially for you because of that encounter. It's not going to be perfect. It's not always going to be, um, you know roses and rainbows the grass stays green where you water it but also love yourself a little bit more than anybody else so that you never accept any less and you don't accept what you've been through before oh she shared that he did not leave he stayed called me things i never heard tells me i'm smart pretty and that's exactly what a healthy partner should be consistently all the time. It should not change, in my opinion, based on my experience. When there's a disagreement, you're realist- be realistic. We're human. We're going to disagree. We're not always going to see eye to eye. We're not always going to have a good day. Um, we're not always going to have the same thoughts. We're not going to agree on everything. But that should never lead to name calling. That should never lead to infidelity or physical or emotional mental abuse. Maybe it might get a little heated, you know, passionate, but it should never escalate to that point. The end result of that disagreement should always be, in my opinion, a discussion and accountability. And we're moving on. We're not, this is not going to linger for days and weeks or whatever. And that's not going to result in anything that involves betrayal. And that's my thought on that. Someone who is emotionally mature is not going to want to leave, run away when there's a disagreement. They might, and if if they do need to walk away, then they'll be able to communicate that. Babe, I don't want to argue with you. I'm going to walk away. I'm mad right now. We can talk about this a little bit later. Like... Is there anything else you want to say? Whatever. That it can be handled maturely. Not with leaving. What's leaving going to solve? They don't problem solve. They don't care to. Because then it takes away from their benefit. So 
when we have someone that wants to talk things out and actually end a disagreement with a, sol- a solution, actually ending it, it kind of takes you by surprise. Someone shared that sh- um, I did cheat in, in my last months of leaving. I think I did it on purpose because I don't know why I did. You know, I've been in that position, too, and it's hard for us to admit it because we feel guilty. And then, too, you know, of course, when we went through it and we got hurt and we're like, damn, like, now look at us. We're doing it and we don't like that shit. But I'm not condoning it, but I think it was a result of what you were dealing with. And that's how you were getting treated. And you know what I felt like when I did certain things that were just not me? I became him. Because he broke the real me down so much and then poured everything that he felt about himself into me. And that influence influenced certain patterns of thinking, certain behaviors, etc., etc. Was I wrong? Yeah. But I can say that if I was in a healthy space, I want to handle it like that. Is that blame? No, because I'm absolutely wrong for handling it that way. But I handled it at a time the best way I knew how at the moment because I lost myself. But what was important is that you admitted it, you accepted the consequences for it, and then move on from it. But that's something that my therapist has said to me as well is we sometimes become that person once they break us down. And I started thinking into it and I was like, that's so true because this part of me no longer exists. Now I am him, angry, mad, always on edge, totally unhealthy, unable to communicate. And that's because he, I let that relationship and some of his tendencies and behaviors break me down so much. I didn't even know who I was. So I started to become filled up with components and elements of him, including his trauma, including his issues. truth ever um you are always a work in progress don't give up on yourself and know that you are always worthy of love no matter the circumstances so if you don't follow me on social media i'm on instagram tiktok facebook under canna mom Trevor. um for my podcast you just go on to anchor apple amazon spotify and search elevated discussions with canna mom Trevert. um and you'll know it's me trust me because you'll see the picture right here DM me if you want to join me as a guest. It's really simple. And let's let's stay lifted and keep loving the hell out of ourselves because we are the shit. Okay. Alright, y'all. Thank y'all for getting lifted with me and hanging out with me on my TikTok live today and my podcast. I hope you enjoyed the discussion. Please continue to dis- to support me by sharing um, my socials, sharing my podcast. And um, yeah, until next time, stay elevated, stay you. I love y'all. Talk to y'all later.